Hello, everyone, and welcome to the episode before Christmas of the Barbed Wire Bite Podcast. I'm here with your host, as always, Gary Wolf, Pitbull One. How's it going today? What's up, brother? Happy holidays. Yeah, we were talking before, hook. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of hook? I mean, that was, I mean, that was, he was on, on Twitter for three days. Was he? Uh, I liked it. Uh, I got to give him props. Uh, no disrespect to Taz, but your kids got you beat. You're, he's better. <laughs> <laughs> better than you. Uh, I was very surprised. He's got good skills. He's got, uh, you obviously can see the judo that, that he does. You know what I mean? It's obvious. Uh, I liked it, man. I'm not going to lie. I was very happy. Now you just got to get some experience and maybe we can see some good things come up, you know? At least we know he could work. He works pretty good. And people were into him. Like, even my kid on Wednesday when Taz was like, I got an announcement. I got a special announcement later. He's like, they, they, they pushed me too far. I'm sending in the hook. My kid popped. He was like, oh, I can't wait to watch Hook. I can't wait. Everybody wanted to see this kid finally do something. And, no, he delivered. He was really good. He was good. And also, you could see he's into, like, training. I mean, he was in shape, okay, where a lot of guys, they don't look like they even step in the, in the, in the gym. But uh, I got to give him props. He looked good. And like I said, he's, he's going to be up and rising. Uh, just take their time with him. You know what I mean? There's no rush. He's still a fucking baby. He's still young. So I would take advantage of that. You know what I mean? Especially. I popped big time when Trent Beretta came back because I love the best friends. And he actually is another one to me, like sexy Chucky e. T. He don't look like he's seen a gym or a menu of a uh, anything diet. But Trent is, he looks a little weird with the shaved head, but he's actually good shape. He's big. He's believable. He looks like an athlete. Oh, he could work too, and I like the gimmick with him and his mom. When his mom takes him and drops and brings him <laughs> to the ring in the van, in the, in the mom's van. <laughs> oh shit! Now I wonder though, are they gonna are they gonna leave that whole big unit now that they got that other guy with them and Orange Cassidy and everybody's got a gang in that company? I mean, Daniel Bryan's like a that. trendsetter. <laughs> Yeah, I noticed that. Like the last time I watched, it's like there's all these clicks. You know, you got the elite click, you got you know Orange Cassidy's click, best friends guys. You got you got the young guns with their father. Uh, all these clicks, and you got the MMA guys, which they're horrible. Yeah, that that needs to go away. Horrible. I mean, the guy that runs uh, that camp, that MMA camp. Uh, he's hilarious. I mean, he cuts good promos. He's not bad. No. You know? But, I mean, now I know why uh, Vince released a lot of them guys. You know, they tried to go over there. They can't work. They can't. They're just not, it's not, in their brain, they want to punch your fucking skull inside out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, they can't even throw a work punch. You know, I watched it. It looked bad. It looked bad. You know, so I don't know what they paid Orlovsky and them guys, but I hope it was worth it because it didn't do anything. It didn't do any good for them. You know? No, and they kept talking about it like, oh, Orlovsky's a natural talent. He's so great. It was like, he was a great UFC fighter. He was. He's got a jaw powder now, but uh, I didn't think he was a great worker in the ring. He didn't. Oh, they were horrible. That Bro, match they was horrible. horrible. It was horrible. 
I'm, I, I, I hate to say that because I hate to say something like that because I know Jericho was involved in it, you know what I mean? But, I mean, he did good. But yeah. as far as, you know I mean, he, his team stepped it up. But those guys, I mean, it's hard for them. They had to work with that crap. Do you see what I'm saying? So for them to try to do it with those guys and make it look good from the, from the TV and shit, I mean, even Jericho couldn't, you know. It wasn't bad. It could have been a lot worse. Put it that way. If, if Jericho didn't have his guys on his side to pick up the slack, it would have been so much worse. You know? Did you notice when, because I like Satana or Ortiz, proud and powerful, but did you notice when Eddie Kingston went in the back and that fucking gang, they keep pushing that 2.0 gang or whatever, and they jumped Eddie and I think it was Santana that made the save. The other one wasn't there. I was like, Wonder where the other one is. No, I remember. I I remember that. I just don't know what's going on with that. I mean, I I'm just hoping. The, I'm liking what they're doing with Daniel Bryan right now. I mean, they're trying to. I don't know. They're trying to turn him heel or something. I don't know what they're trying to do. I mean, they can always turn him back to babyface, like that. You know what I mean? So, but if they're going to give us a match, him versus uh, Kenny Omega. I don't think he's winning the belt tomorrow night against Paige. That's that'd be too short of a title reign for all that build. No, no, I wouldn't get him the belt for already. What'd you uh, think of a Punk cutting the heel promo and then MJF getting the big babyface reaction in his hometown? I thought that was great. They're just fucking going with it. You know what I mean? That's what they're doing. That's what I like about it. I mean, I don't see, I don't see people. I mean, they're walking around with their you know, uh, itineraries and shit like that, but it's like they're not walking around with the scripts in their hands like Vince would be. You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys can ride free. I mean, that's why that's why he has great promos. You know what I mean? You don't have anybody telling him what to say. He knows what he's saying. And I like the Dynamite Battle Royale. I like that Dante Martin kid. I really like him, 20 years old. pushing that kid. Yeah, he's good. And he's young. And what yeah, happened? His brother, his brother broke his leg or something like that. Yeah, and if this kid ain't careful, he's gonna do the same thing with those insane fucking backflips he does. Like I said, man, these these guys don't, you know, they think I don't know, they're not thinking in their mind future. You know, they're thinking of today and what they're gonna do today because they're on TV and they're fucking high on life right now. You know, they're they're rolling right now, so they're gonna do whatever they want to do. It ain't gonna stop. I wouldn't do that. Like if I wrestled, and I would be more like to me the guy that made the most money. That's all he did, Hogan. A leg oh. drop, a boot, a clothesline, and a body slam. He didn't do nothing else. And look at the career. I mean, he fucked up his back with slamming Andre, but even Austin, you know, Stunner Thez Press or The Rock, you know. The, you know, he did the oh, yeah. elbow. You know, the, the, the top guys didn't kill themselves in the ring. No, they have, like, they have their four or five moves that they would do every night. You know what I mean? And that's what's good about being on the road when you're working and you're on the, and you're working a lot of days on the road and you're working a lot of matches. And what's cool is you could just, you know, say you're working the same guy, you know, two nights in a row, three nights in a row. You just say, okay, let's do what we did last night. And we'll add a couple of things. It makes it like a night off, you know, and then you build that up to when you're, you know, the next time you're on TV, 
And that's when they should put you on TV with that guy. And because you had three, four times in the ring with him already on the road. So when you're on TV, you guys should be clicking like, like, you know, no tomorrow. Now, Bret Hart the other day, who seems just like a bitter old man, he did an interview and he said, I want to get your opinion on this. He said, Hulk Hogan didn't know a headlock from a headlamp or a headlight. Something like he said, couldn't do nothing. He only had three moves, you know, just bad mouthed and beyond belief. Do you think that's just jealousy? Probably, yeah. Because that's not true. You know what I mean? Hogan knew how to work the people. I mean, fuck, man. Nah, he's just better. Yeah, I remember Hogan made all the money. Hogan got paid the most money. But also, these guys are not saying this. You know, back in the day, they would say it, or some people would. But they should be thanking him. Yeah. They wouldn't be making the change in the cash that they were making if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan. Okay, because he got he got those fucking buildings sold the fuck out, you know, everywhere they went. You know, I remember working for them in the 80s. They had three, they had fucking three cities going at one day on one night. So I and I seen it firsthand. And to me, I was amazing, but I also noticed how he took care of the top guys and, you know, gave them jobbers to work with and just shine on, you know, at this, you know, house show or wherever we were at. And then when it was TV time, you know, they still would do job guys and shit like that because they, they would build up for their pay-per-views, you know? I mean, it, it's amazing some of the matches that AEW gives you for free. You know, that, I mean, compared to... I mean, I always would always say, because I'm old school, you know, you build it up on TV, so when it's time to do a pay-per-view, people will watch it, you know? Yeah, don't you have it to, to build your stories. Yeah, but don't give it to them for free, you know? Like, you're showing it on regular television. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, man, you got to build that shit up. It's like when WCW gave away the Hogan-Goldberg match. They could have made millions of dollars on pay-per-view with that, but they did it to get a rating. That's stupid. Ratings, I mean, their ratings are just shits anyway. You know what I mean? I mean, I just saw a, a thing on Facebook. They, half the building was empty, practically. You know, they jammed everybody up in one side. The whole place was fucking half empty. So, I mean, they're paying an arm and a leg for those buildings. I don't even think they're making the money to pay it. You know what I mean? AEW, the, I really liked when they spent, during the pandemic, when they spent all that time in, that, in Florida there at Daly's Place. I love that building. If they, they could do TV from there every week, I would be happy. It was such a neat little building. It's awesome over there. And shit, it's only not, not even three hours from me for a drive from me. I mean, why tour if you don't have to? If that's your dad's building, I get you on tour to make money and merch and all that, but I mean, they had it made there. They had that, you know, for a year they were there. God, when they left, I was almost sad. Yeah, that's the Jaguar Stadium. I mean, it's beautiful yeah. over there. You know, it's half indoor, half outdoor. It's it's hooked up. I mean, they still have it. I mean, I would, I think they're doing a lot of, <clears throat> like, I would do pay-per-views there just because it's that big. You know what I'm saying? And I know they were in, De well, they were in Detroit last time they did pay-per-view. Yeah. Or Chicago? Uh, no, Chicago was on with Punk. Was it Minnesota? Minnesota might have been. Yeah, it might have been. Minnesota. I mean, they get good. I mean, they, yeah, they do in uh, Greensboro. They do good, oh. good business. 
Well, Carolinas, man, they're gonna love it. They're gonna they're gonna sell out. Definitely. I was like I said, I was on the road six days a week over there doing an independent South Atlantic pro wrestling company. Uh, but we'd have guys like you know, Steamboat pop up, Big John Stud pop up, you know, we'd have the Malenko brothers pop up. So it was cool. Uh, a lot of New Japan guys and a lot of uh, Vince McMahon guys would pop up. So it was cool. It was like a, we were, they were preparing us. They were breeding us to go, to get ready. You know, even when we went down to SWA, Memphis, I mean, with Robert Fuller, you know, the stud stable. So we, we were ready. They, uh, they knew what they were doing with us. I mean, I remember we went and did that run for two weeks. And that was a rough one because you're, you're driving a lot of miles, man, when you were working there. But we had it made, you know, we were with uh, Robert Ford and we got a good push over there. They couldn't, it wasn't like uh, we went there and looked bad. We went there and looked strong. It was good. I always liked Robert Fuller. I liked his gimmick in, uh, he was in WCW and he uh, was against the Dustin Rhodes. He had the, the stud stable and everything. I thought he was a very good personality on air. And they brought him to WWE with Jarrett and it just, I don't know. It didn't, come. but I don't like Jeff Jarrett. No, I mean, Jeff Jarrett could be the nicest guy in the world and save homeless kids from fires, but in, in ding, 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 I never want to see him. Yeah. He's, he's overrated. Plus it he looked at me the one day and we were across from each other at a signing and he's looking at me like he's trying to remember me. And I'm like, yo, I, you remember me. You used to give me the paychecks because your dad would hand to you and then you'd hand to us. And always tell us, oh, yeah, you get it. Here's a, what was it? A, a draw, they called it back in the day. You know, you take out, here's 50 bucks a night. Here, we're giving you a draw, $50, $50. You have some money in your pocket, $50. Get a check at the end of the week. We never got no check. <laughs> Jarrett never gave us a check. And we sold out a lot of buildings too over there. I was going against Jerry Lynn back then. That was way before ECW. I used to watch USWA. I, the only thing I didn't like is that shit TV show in that studio. But well, just to get you to go to the Coliseum on Monday nights. But then they wouldn't, show, but they wouldn't show anything for Monday. That's, I guess somebody watched on TV. It was like, because you just watch for the interviews. But I was like, all right, let's see some highlights. Why aren't they selling a tape of this? Or it, it, that, that was the only thing I thought was stupid. Because I heard the, those crowds at the Coliseum were just insane on Monday. They were nuts, man. It, we were sold out. We were selling out like crazy. I mean, we, I remember we went to that little shit TV fucking studio. Uh, it's hard to and, watch. Uh, the, the one guy that was there, what was his name? A uh, little short dude with glasses and a beard. He was a manager. That uh, Was that uh, uh, Downtown Bruno or Whippleman or whatever his name was? Yeah, yeah, Bruno. Yeah, whatever. I think that was him. Because he was like, oh, man, let me manage you guys. And I'm like, we're in the stud stable. But Robert was cool with him. You know, he's like, yo, if you want to, you could be in the stable with us since we are here now. This makes it better because he was there as a manager. And uh, yeah, he wanted the manager. We, and we were cool with it. He was cool. Yeah, I mean, I would watch the, I'd have to get the tapes and it would be there's, there's 10 people there and everything. In the, but that was how NWA, I liked how they did it with Crockett because they were in that same little 30 people in the building, but they would set everything up for the big shows and then they'd at least show you highlights and packages. They, yeah, it wasn't just two hours straight a job match or you know, 30 second job match, two minute interview. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, it was different. You look back and see ours, man. You'll be like, 
Because we look, I mean, look at the Hardys when they were there. They were like little kids, little boys. You see, watch, look up Pit Bulls with Stud Stable, and you'll see us there, and you're going to be like, holy shit. Like, we were fucking jacked, dude. And we were just as young as the Hardys when they were there. Yeah. A lot of talent came out of there, though. I mean, with Sid. Everybody went through there. Everybody went through there. Everybody went through there. Everybody. You know, and we fucking beat the shit out of the guys on that fucking show. I mean, that was why we were there. They wanted us straight up beat the shit out of these guys, you know, and they were they were fighting back these guys. You know what I mean? They knew they were doing jobs, but they were like, you know what? I'm going to try to get my shit in. And I remember we were like, nah, it ain't happening, dude. You know what I'm saying? It's not happening. We're, I know this is what we have to do. This is our job. So uh, I remember we shut that down real quick. Was there ever a team you guys hated working with? Like, just you'd see the name on the board, but fuck. Nah, I mean, I really can't say. No, even the older guys, I never really had a problem. Uh, Like, I'd rather work, like, when I used to go to Vincent, we would work all the tag teams up there. I mean, that was awesome because that was just great, great experience for us. So, but uh, if I had to work, like say for instance, they split us up and they put me and Sid, like one time they put me and Sid Vicious together against the Steiner brothers. So I'm like, all right, what, what's going to happen in this match? You know what I mean? The Steiners are going to go over. I'm going to get blamed for it. Sid is going to kill me. <laughs> That's what I knew was going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> they called in the back. And I'm like, it ain't going to be anything better than that. You know what I mean? I just remember Sid hit me with this power bomb. And I'm like up on his shoulders. I'm just like, wow, man, this is high. <laughs> I mean, I'm up there. You don't realize how tall he is. Until well, he's you're... a big boy. I've met him. He's a big, big guy. Yes. When I first met him, it was in down south. Like I said, I met, I met him, Taker. Who wasn't even the taker then yet? Mean Mark. Yeah, he was Mean Mark and uh, Sid because uh, Robert Full had a big influence in Sid Vicious, you know, working and stuff like that. I think he trained him, you know, I think he trained a couple guys. Sid was nice. Sid was cool, man. I called him Sidney. That's what Robert Fuller told me to call him. He's like, You call him Sidney. He says, You're my pit bulldogs. That's what he would call pit bulldogs. Sid never should have jumped off that top rope. Dude, when he broke his leg, I couldn't believe that, man. That, I've seen that happen before when I was in South Atlantic. Uh, one of the guys, he was one of the workers that just was on the road with us. Uh, he mostly did jobs, but he had some talent, and uh, he would do a drop kick off the top. And I remember one night, man, I was standing there, and he broke his freaking leg. I mean, the bone came out, man. I was like, oh, shit. Like, that was – I've seen – that and then something crazy in Japan that was pretty, pretty sick too. And uh, but yeah, I'd never seen you know. And I, when Sid did it, it was like it, he did it more than once too, right? I just remember he came off and just fell, and that leg just snapped. Nah, and he had no business. I mean, maybe I'm like Cornette, sound old, but a guy <laughs> that big, he don't need to be on the ropes. He doesn't no. need to do anything high flying. He should have never left his feet. No. His feet should have never left the mat. You know what I mean? That's that's my opinion. So, but 
the uh, yeah, he's that's what that's why you see all these big guys that Vince has. I mean, he tells us, you know, I don't, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, and you're going to step over that top rope to get in that ring to show how tall you are. You know, I want to make sure you do that, and uh, no drop kicks. You know, you're going to just work, do one or two moves, choke slam. That's what they did to Paul White. I mean. So I mean that guy actually could work at one point. He was just yeah. so big. It was like they they told him not to. You know, I mean he 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 went to the factory. I mean he was doing shit there that I never saw a guy his size do at the, that point. You know what I mean? Because I would stop in there and, and just check it out. Because when I seen he would come, he started working with me at the live event. It was a strip joint in South, South Philadelphia. And we were just making extra money, you know, when we weren't wrestling. And uh, he ended up, a friend of mine that worked there got him a job there. And I was just like, what the fuck are you doing here? He's like, oh, I'm working here. I'm like, oh, shit, cool. All right. It's good having a guy of your size here. You can be in that here. You have the front door, motherfucker. <laughs> I said, go to the front door. That's where you're going. But, yeah, I used to bring him bags of food and shit back in the day. He had a tag team partner. They actually were a tag team. When they were going to the monster factory and he was another big cat this guy that was with him and uh i guess once hulk hogan realized you know there was a giant at the fucking monster house he got on a fucking plane and, and flew to fucking jersey or philly whatever drove to the factory and met him and said come you're coming with the baby you know you're going down south made him andre's kid yeah they put him right in the power plant you know right off the bat and Sarge beat the shit out of him, you know, and Paul worked his way through there. I mean, that ain't no joke, that fucking place. You know, Sarge is like me, man. He's brutal. You know, he puts you through hell. He makes you, he makes you do 500 free squats. You know, I'll make you do maybe 300, but he pushes you to 500. He's a fucking maniac. And if you didn't do it, did they kick you out? You would collapse and have to crawl out. You know what I'm saying? And the cabs would be with there waiting. I mean, you should see the the lines of guys that would be thinking that they could be a pro wrestler and show up there and get their ass like within an hour. You see guys dropping, dropping. See, I just want to be a manager. I just want to talk. <laughs> I think I'll they still you guys through that shit because you got to know how to bump, man, to be a manager. Oh, I can, yeah. I'll bump. I'll take a back. I'll take a fall on cement. Yeah, I mean, once you learn how to bump, you can. You know, but you like I said, like even referees, man, they put referees through hell too because they got to be conditioned also. You can't be slow referee. You know, you have to be there for that count. If you're not, you're gonna look like shit. That's what I want to ask you. The big news of the week: TMZ picked up on the news. Hannibal, as he, I don't know him. Devin Nichols has a YouTube channel, Hannibal TV. I watched his shoot interviews. You were on there once. Um, he wrestles as the blood hunter. Well, apparently he wrestled a referee and he had the, the old Sullivan gimmick, the Asianic spike. And he gigged this ref so many times he caused a, like an artery to break, hemorrhage in his brain. The ref passed out. You know, he's got fucking surgeries and everything. The company said, we don't want this guy anymore here ever again. And Animal was just like, well, you know, we had the spot worked out. I didn't know he was in pain, but 
I mean, if you watch him, he's on top of this guy, just gigging the fuck out of him. And uh, he, gig, he, in other words, that referee wouldn't gig himself. He told a guy who does a podcast and he puts a hood on now and wants to be a wrestler. And they're letting him gig the referee. Yeah. And he gigged him. Let's pull up the news. Well, I think he was actually, he's trained. I believe he was trained by uh, Jacques Rougeau, the Mountie for some of our young Oh, he is from Canada. Yeah, he is from Canada. Let's see. Let's just go to TMZ. And the ref was like, well, I I couldn't really tell him to stop because the 300-pound man laying on me, it says, uh, nope, I don't want to look at Ben Affleck's marriage. Let's see. Uh, la, da, 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 brace. Ba, da, ba. the referee Nicholson says the referee was supposed to bleed from razor blade cuts and I assumed he actually cut himself with razor blades never gave any indication he was any pain and if you watch the footage I thought he was selling not legitimately hurt uh, he says him and the ref said they were cool but it looked like he took an iron spike and you, you can watch the footage online. He took an iron spike and he was, he was stabbing him with it. I mean, that he fucked that poor guy up. I mean, bad, but I I wouldn't let somebody fucking gig me with the spike. I mean, I'll give you an example. Would you let new Jack cut your head open? Fuck no. (laughs) I'd let maybe, no, (laughs) I'd let maybe Bret Hart. Uh, Rick Flair, somebody that's you know, let me, I know I wouldn't. I mean, it's just you don't I can let do it nobody, myself. You don't let nobody. No, I ever, I know where to stop. Yeah, nobody ever gigs you. You always gig yourself. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, look at the look at the. Well, we're here because I can't pull it on the screen. Look, look at the footage. I'm gonna send you the link. And now everybody's calling for this guy's head. Yeah, there. I heard he's uh, a lot of wrestling commissions are like he's not allowed to work there no more. He can't do this, can't do that. And then he had his girlfriend with him as well. I just sent you the the article. If you open up and scroll down a little bit, you'll see the footage. I saw the footage. I saw the footage. I mean, he messed that guy up. I. I mean, he gave them a lot, man, and there was a lot of gigs. Who let you gig somebody with a spike? I mean, at least a razor, you go like that. A spike, you, you've got to actually poke yourself. You're really tearing them up. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, that's, that's a lot worse. I mean, hopefully the ref was doing it himself. I mean, maybe he just hit an artery by accident. Because, I don't you know. know. I, I looked at the, the holes in this ref's head, and they weren't slash marks. They were fucking holes. They were pretty they were big. All, yeah. They were all over, too. Yeah, they look like he used that spike a couple times. No, no joke. You know, he busted them open with it. So I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, uh, I think that's that's uh, Jazz's company and uh, Rodney Mack's uh, company, right? Yeah, I think they're out yeah. of Texas or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I was with Jazz. I was talking to her about that company. She runs all the. She's in charge of all the girls for it, and uh, I happen to manage her and Angel Arsini. Yeah, we're seeing uh, where jazz is one of jazz's retirement matches up in uh, what was that, Connecticut? I think we were, yeah, Connecticut. uh, Yeah, I was talking to jazz about that, and she was asking me questions about Hannibal, too. So, I mean, I was was actually surprised that he'd be working because I didn't know he worked. 
I only know him. I know him from the YouTube. I think he had That's a WWE tryout, but yeah, at the time he had Hep, Hep C or something. I think that he said he got from Abdullah and tried to sue him and all that. But that was know? him. Yeah, that was him. The one that said he got Hep from uh, Abdullah and he didn't get the contract. God. Wow. Didn't even know that was him. Well, and then the, the other dumb thing, though, to me, the other, the two dumb things for me is why? This is not a television show in the first place. Why do a spot where you bloody a referee that bad at a house show that's not even recorded? That that doesn't make sense. And and two, I kind of know the guy too. He would do those worked shoots where he'd be like with Billy Jack Haynes, like you fucking punk, or with Lanny Poffo, and he'd slap him. They're like, look at what happened. It was like this is the fakest thing I've ever seen. These work shoot. It, 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 there's no such thing. It's one or the other. No, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. He, I think he's just marking out, man. He wants to be in our business. That's what it comes out to be. I mean, that's I, like I said, I told I, I told Jazz, I said, I did not know he's a worker. I had no idea. You know, but I had a feeling it was him because I've seen I've seen him come out before because I've watched a couple of things. And I'm like, what's he doing with a hood on? I'm thinking, I know he's covering his face for a reason. You don't want nobody to say that's him. But then again, I said, I didn't know he was to work. I didn't know he was trained. So. Yeah, he always said he has a, I don't know the deal, but apparently he has some beef with uh, Kevin Owens. And I think for me, I understand. I think the beef is because Kevin Owens is all the way up here. You know, they went to the same school together. Maybe he thought he was better, but. Owens is here. This guy's doing YouTube. I can't listen. I, I, your arm is not low enough. I shouldn't even be able to see it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it should be like Kevin Owens. <laughs> he's, you know, the next level down. You know what I mean? Big difference. Yeah, well, I watched some of his shoot interviews. I saw yours. He did uh, Hack uh, Sabu. He, uh, I mean, he does a lot, but. I, I don't even I don't even me. remember doing that interview, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, I do not remember that. He kind of my thing is kind of like the thing with the RF video shoots. Same 10 questions that they ask every single guy. There's no differentiate. How'd you get started in the business? What's your it's the same few nobody asks. I try to watch every interview humanly possible before I interview somebody. So I can ask him what no one else asked them before. Oh yeah, I was watching one. Uh, I think I don't know if it was Hannibal or not, but they had a honky tonk man in the car, and they were asking him a couple questions about steroids and where the boys get the steroids. And he's like, "Man, shit, we go to Mexico, we can get them. We go to Germany, we can get them. We got doctors in the states that are giving them to us." I love the honky tonk man. You know, he's like, did you take him? Yeah, I fucking took him. Yeah. At one point, I took him. Everybody took him. You know, they, they were interviewing a bunch of guys about the juice. Like even uh, superstar Billy Graham, uh, Lex Luger. You know, he even admitted to it, you know. You know, but like, Lex, like, like, like exactly like Lex Luger said. You know, as long as you don't abuse it, you're smart, you do a cycle, you take off like you're supposed to, go back on a cycle – you know, do it the right way, and you get good results. You know what I mean? And you don't have any problems. That's what happens. Billy Graham was the inner, the innovator of steroids. I mean, that guy was probably yeah. shooting 
Clorox Bro, in his you, arms. You, you got to remember, man, superstar, my man, <laughs> Bennett, he fucking would work out with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Oh, yeah, all, the top, the all the top guys in Southern Venice Beach, California, bro. So he was getting the goody, 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 goods. Okay. And that's why he was a monster. And uh, I used to, I loved his gimmick, Superstar Billy Grant. I loved He him. could talk. I would, he was a, him and Ventura, I thought were two of the best heel talkers ever. Yes. Especially for that era. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're top, top five anyway, at least. Sadly, and, uh, soup just complains about things. Who's that? Superstar. He just complains now. Oh He's yeah, there's nothing else to do. Why better? I mean, he, he was one of the best guys they had. I mean, I remember watching it with my grandpa. You know, when he was there and he was over, he had the belt. They would do the arm wrestling matches sometimes. You know, what I'm saying. They'd have all kinds of cool shit. The bench press competition, you know. I was young, man. But he, he was like over Mill Mascaris, another guy who was unbelievable. I was talking to Fonzie a couple of days ago. I said, were you ever on the road with Mill Mascaris? He's like, yeah, I was on the road with him. Like, we did a three-month stretch. And he said, no bullshit. That, that man never took his mask off. Even in the shower, that motherfucker had a mask on. Like they had showers at the building, he would he would he would shower with his mask on. Man, he would never take that mask. Like I'm telling you, Fonzie told me he never saw him through that whole tour with that mask on. So I, I, I uh, El Santo. I'm a huge El. I have an El Santo mask. Uh, a girl I'm friends with brought it back from uh, Arena to Mexico when she went on her honeymoon. I watched his movies. You know, I, I still watch them. I think they're great. I, I like the mask. I have a lot of lucha masks. I'm a big I, and to me, that's genius. Like, take the hood off. No one knows who you are. You have the utmost privacy in the world. You just blend in with the crowd. Unless you're like Penta, where you're tattooed from head to shoulder, you might get popped. But that, it's great. You know what? We see. I remember I was with Barbarian. I call him Barb. And we were at a WrestleCade. I remember he's like, yeah, I want to meet that guy. I want to meet him, you know, because he looks so big on TV. I want to see him. I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll go down here. We'll, we'll say hello, you know. When we got, went up to him, I didn't realize he's not big at all. Dude. I mean, he's muscular big, but he's not like a monster tall big. I mean, Barb is still the barbarian. He made him still like a little, like a little kid. Still, I was like, holy shit. I said, and even Barb was just like, wow, you look so much bigger on television, you know. And I was just like, holy shit. But he was cool. You know, a real nice guy. I liked what he did in the, that Lucha Underground. Oh, I love Lucha Underground. Yeah, that was good. I, I, I think it's I think it's great that like because Phoenix is probably the best high flyer out there right now. Oh and yeah, he, he does all these moves and Penta does some moves, but the majority is just a. Yeah. And he's more and he's ten times more over for doing less. I think that's I think that that shows you how how charismatic he is, so to speak. Uh, yeah, so he'll put a little dance in there, you know, like what's his name used to do? Uh, or he would chop, he'll go. Yeah. I think he's starting to understand the psychology of American wrestling. You know what I mean? Phoenix, he's just a kid that came out of Mexico, bro. He was just hoping to get lucky, and he did. I mean, and he's a real, he's unbelievable. He's a great worker. Sometimes he overdoes it. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes he just goes too much 
Like some of these matches, I'm like, dude, that would have been a fucking unbelievable. That would have been a great finish. He Especially had the dive off the cage. That was the finish. Didn't need to go another six minutes. No. That it was over right there. I mean, it was done. They over. That's one thing that they do, which I hope soon they learn not to do because they, they could save their asses big time. You know, plus save a lot of moves for other matches. You know what I'm saying? But they, uh, I like the Bucks. I think they're a great tag team, but I remember when the super kick was a finish. Uh, say that again. I'm sorry, bro. I remember when the super kick was a finish. Like, if I threw a Sabat kick at you, you're not getting up. And that, that's real life. Young Bucks throw 75 of them a match. It's, it's that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like my girl even says, like, I'm like, I looked at my girl that one night and said, I thought a fucking super kick's a finish. You know what I mean? Like the, and now everybody, even the knee, everybody does the knee. Spanish fly is cool. You see 30 of them a match. That's a finish. I know. Listen, let me tell you something. Nobody was doing those moves before the SAT. Okay. The SATs, they're my boys. They're Spanish guys from New York. They were doing that shit. Nobody knew what the fuck it was back in the day. And nobody gives them credit for it, man. I don't understand that. But they're an unbelievable tag team. I don't know what's going on, but like I said, they were the guys that started that shit. And they started that in uh, probably Combat Zone and probably Ring of Honor and shit like that, you know, back in the day. I got a, a question I want to ask you today. I even made the little pretty picture for it, for the graphic. When Hall and Nash, they left Vince, they go to WCW, and they form the NWO. Yeah. What would have happened if Hall and Nash were like, because I know Hall and, and Heyman, it's well documented. They kind of liked each other a little bit. What if they said, so we don't want to go to WCW. We're going to go to ECW. How would that have worked if you would have had, I, I know it wouldn't have ever happened, but if Hogan Hall and Nash would have came to ECW as the NWO, what do you think would have happened? I think Vince would have had a fucking heart attack. <laughs> First of all, that's number one. Second, we, we'd be fucking over like Rover. I mean, we would actually probably be making, bringing in ratings like WCW or com- competing with WWF, put it that way. I mean, our cult, we had a cult following, and then you add those guys in the mix, you know, part of WCW, part of WWF fans. I think we would have struck a, a big chord. I think they would have, I think Paul would have came up with an idea to make it work. You know, I don't think Shane Douglas would have liked it. No. Would the crowd have accepted those three? No, I think they would have shit on them like motherfuckers, man. Big time. And that's what would have made the gimmick. You know what I'm saying? Because they're successful. Like we were getting guys that were coming in that were losing jobs. You know, Rick Rude came. He lost his job. Stone Cold came over. He lost his job. You see what I'm saying? Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the crazy guy. Dillman. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he got fired. He came over. Everybody who got let go would come to ECW. They all wanted to work in ECW. I mean, I even talked to guys that worked for Vince that said they'd get back to the hotel, take a shower, go lay in bed, and 
what, what came on at 2 o'clock in the morning? ECW. And they sat there and watched it and loved it, you know? And it's cool here. And, you know, I, I'm sitting there with a guy that was in the, the powers of pain, one of the biggest fucking guys out there. And he's, he told me straight up, I used to love watching ECW because we loved it. You guys killed it. Because we were, you know, doing what we did every night, you know, which was practically nothing. And you guys were killing it, going through tables, using chairs, using weapons, letting fans come in with weapons. I mean, you, you definitely changed the business. You know, after that one night stand, he even said it, like, it was totally different. We had to work so much harder. Do you think uh, Hall and Nash and Hogan, do you think they would have had a long, if they would have came over there, could they have had a long run? No, I would have been short. They wouldn't have been able to, they would have, what would have happened was they would have did their style, not changed our style. You know what I'm saying is what I'm, I'm saying. And, you know, you got to remember back then, Hogan was fucked. His back was fucked up bad then and his knees then. So, and I'm sure Nash and Hall weren't, they weren't, you know, in the greatest shape either. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I know, uh, Nash, what he what he, he blew his quads like four or five times, you know. Ooh, walking. Just walking by walking. Walking to the ring and he blew. That's the sign of the steroid stretching your skin, in my opinion. Well, that's that's the sign of your muscles getting stronger than your tendons. Yeah, there's a problem there. You know, I, I had the same problem. Everybody had a lot of guys had that problem, but it's a side effect. Uh, that's what happens when you, like I said, your tendons, ligaments, your muscle gets stronger than them. And it's just going to pop them off. That's why I realized I said, I'm glad I didn't go too heavy when I was younger, but I went heavy enough that I'm feeling it now, you know, but it's cool. I dropped 20 pounds. I didn't lose any size. I mean, I'm, I'm, I still, I look bigger than I did. If anything. Do you think Paul could have got Douglas to work with them? Uh, he would have had to really sit down and give him a speech and a half to get him on board with that. I, I just know Shane wouldn't have left for it. You know what I mean? Unless Shane had a top spot with them. You know what I mean? He had to be involved in it somehow. You know? Shane, Rez, he worked Flair when he did that last run of his in WCW. They had a, a, a mini feud that I think Russo booked, but it wasn't... Uh, the only thing that I thought dumb about that was, and it was what I thought was bad about Russo's booking in general. If you didn't read the sheets, you didn't know what the fuck was going on. I mean, you just, they, they expected everyone to know the history of Shane Douglas and Ric Flair. It was, you know, that's not, that was insider stuff. There was not really much yeah. internet back then. Oh, I mean, I mean, from what I see, fucking Flair can't stand Shane Douglas. No, he I, hates him with a passion. I mean, I was very, I was uh, very surprised when I heard that promo. Man, he was uh, or that interview. He, he just said straight up, he totally crushed him. Is that and the one it, where he said, "Who the fuck is he? He's a clerk at Kmart." That one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was uh, shocked, <laughs> but you know, Flair is going to tell you like it is. Yeah, well, he badmouthed Flair for what twenty something years, and he was in another company. It wasn't like he was trying to work an angle. Yeah, I think he was trying to work an angle somehow to get Flair there or get him there to work Flair. 
he wanted to work flair i don't know what other reason it would be i mean i don't know why he, i got along with rick flair my partner got along with rick flair he loved he liked us i mean we'd go out with him when we lived in north carolina and we were working for uh, south atlantic and and wa was there i mean every time they were local they would end up back in charlotte at a club and we would end up at that same fucking club because they would call us and tell us to meet them there. Because we knew all the guys, you know what I mean? We would see them every weekend almost. So, you know, we were, like I said, I'm not lying. We were working for South Atlantic for, for Vince to get ready to work for Vince. And I was trying to get us in. I'm talking to Magnum to try to get us a job at fucking NWA. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was doing. Well, I, I, I think it was all like, as Shane said something like, he thought he should have worked with Flair, but Flair was booking and he worked with Pillman. But my thing was, well, Pillman, was Pillman was a hot commodity. Shane was a dynamic dude. And I, and I liked Shane, but if, if I was in that spot, I'm not going to take the guy with the skateboard and the tag team. I'm going to take this young high flying kid that everybody's going crazy for. It's true. It's true. I mean, he was telling me, I remember he, I, he did an interview one day and I listened to it and he was like, he didn't understand why me and my partner were a tag team. I'm like, are you fucking high? What are you talking about? I said, I'm thinking to myself, we look fucking great as a tag team. I said, you watch our matches and watch how we work together. We're in sync. We're out of the ring together. We're in the ring together. We, we know what the other one's thinking and we don't even have to look at each other. That's a tag team wrestling. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, you got to watch pro wrestlers versus zombies when Shane cuts the promo on being fucked over by Ric Flair, Vince McMahon, and Paul Heyman in the movie. <laughs> he did that in that? See, I'm so glad he did that. Somebody was like, you know, you got to take the evil promotion. You got to do this. I'm not going to. I've been jerked around by Todd Gordon and fucked up. It's like, what the fuck? He's got a promo in the middle of a movie. <laughs> Oh my God. I was supposed to be in that movie. I was so glad I didn't do it. I, when I seen it, I was like, wow, thank God I wasn't in that movie. Matt Hardy had the best part. He just made out with his wife. <laughs> I, I didn't hate the movie. It was a, it was unintentionally hilarious. Yeah. It was like, they tried to make it a serious zombie movie and it, it couldn't be further from the truth <laughs> no i just always wondered how shane got the, the lead role and then he cuts the promo it was like it, it was his buddy that was doing the movie of course he's going to get the lead role i mean he wouldn't do it unless he's got the lead role that's just how he is you know i was a mark for shane i won't say i'm gonna be honest with you i remember going to wcw i think this was after ecw and shane was working for them and i was walking in the building and he walked right by and acted like he didn't even know who the fuck I was. I could I remember that day I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? You're acting like that, you fucking motherfucker. And this is in Philly. I'm like, I'm gonna shoot this son of a bitch. I said, Are you fucking kidding me? After you broke my fucking neck, you're just gonna blow me off? Like you think I'm not like people don't want me to work here or something? You don't realize I was invited there. You know what I mean? Bischoff and them guys, they'd call me recruiting them from the jet, from fucking WCW's private jet, and say, meet us at the state, uh, come to the building. I'm like, I'm like, man, yeah, me and Anthony will be there, no problem, you know? 
Do you use us? We use us. If not, it's tough business, you know. And they're like, hell yeah. They always wanted us. We just never clicked until once we gave uh, Paul our release. You know, that's when we said we'll jump. I just didn't realize Vince was gonna buy WCW and ECW. You know, I had a great fucking contract lined up, sitting there waiting. All we had to do was sign it, man. Well, think about what Douglas when he was when the, when uh, Malenko Guerrero was it was Malenko Guerrero Benoit and Saturn all went to WWE. He always said he was supposed to be part of that group, but they fucked him and went without him and negotiated the deal. I mean, I, I mean, he had a lot of heat. I'm assuming from his failed run as the dean, I probably wouldn't have taken him with me as a package deal. No, those guys were smart. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Perry took my spot. I had blown my knee. I had to get my knee surgery. Okay, I went down because I Raven was gonna bring me in. I was gonna be in his flock you know, for a little bit until Anthony was ready and then we were going to, you know, tag back up again. Uh, they didn't want to sign me because I was going through rehab with my knee. I had to get better first. So they took Perry instead, which is cool. It worked out all right. Uh, there's a reason for everything, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know, I like mean, Perry. If, if I, uh, yeah, he was great. Perry, great worker. I mean, a feather. I mean, he's one of them guys who had to throw beautiful elbows off the top rope, man. And you, it, it's like a feather hitting you. You know what I mean? He's very talented in the ring. When he went to WCW and he got the title, I, I got to ask if there was heat with Taz because when he went over there, he was calling himself the most dangerous man, which Taz was calling himself. He was doing all suplexes, which Taz did. It was like, is he mad at Taz? Is this a little kind of insulting him a little bit on national that, tv that may have been a rib between them two because me and anthony ran the ecw school in philly and then taz and perry saturn ran the ecw school in new york so that's how that was so pretty much perry was tied to taz by the hip you know what i mean and that's where he was and for him he, he was kissing ass to the New York clique at that time. You know, Todd Gordon, Sandman, Public Enemy, you know, most of us, Scorpio, you know, we had a Philadelphia clique, you know, and that's how it was. I mean, none of our locker room, you know, but we all got along with each other. It wasn't like we didn't, you know, but that every clique would try to take over. You know what I'm saying? Like when we were in Philly, you know, we would try to take like, this is our locker room. This is what we're doing. And, they would do the same thing in New York. So it was kind of strange, like I said, because our locker room was so much different than anybody else's locker room. We were able to do a lot of shit on our own. Paul would give us like three minutes of his time and say, look, this is what I want to see. I want you guys against you guys. Uh, give me 30 minutes. Give me a good 30 minutes. You know, and I want a good finish, you know. And pretty much that's all he would say. And then we would go and set it up. You know, and we don't we wouldn't even run it by him. He would sit there at the monitor watching every match, like we were, because in our locker room, if you were first match, I mean that the second match had to be better. If you were second match, I mean third match had to be better. If you were third match, fourth match had to be better. So we're watching, you know, we're getting up to the point where we're like semi-main event, main event, you know, when we were in ECW every time every night. And we're like, oh shit, okay, we're semi-main and we got to do better than that last sixth, seventh match. 
And it was, it wasn't like it was difficult to do, but we had to do it. You know what I'm saying? And that's when we would do our tag team shit. Every time we would do a match on television, me and my partner would come up with a new tag team just to do on TV. Every single time. Every match. Uh, one night we used this one called the guillotine. Where actually I think uh, Anthony sat on the top or I sat on the top. One of us suplexed one guy up. The other guy held his neck, went out for a neck breaker. The other guy went down for a powerbomb. Sit it out, Tiger Bomb, actually. Uh, I, we knocked out Stevie Richards. <laughs> First time ever doing it, man, and we knocked him out. I was like, oh, I felt so bad. Because I have literally, he was snoring. Because I, I had him by the neck. I actually had his head, and Anthony had his body. And we hit him with it. I mean, it looked devastating. Everybody was asking, what was that move? What was that move? I said it was called the guillotine. I just came up with a name. You know, I didn't know what the fuck to call it. I just knew it was scary because I, it did knock him out. So, I've actually he, got a, he forgave us. <laughs> I got a Stevie question for you because I've only heard this a few times. He left, went WCW where he was a big star with Raven for three weeks, and then he came back to ECW. And apparently, like he asked, I'm just basing up. This is what I heard from the uh, Bubba, and he said, you know, he had. Uh, he asked Nova and the meanie to cut his shirt, his little half shirt and all that. And Bubba was like, he, he said it in an interview, you know, he had so much heat on him. Why we had to take him in the back room and straighten him out. And I was like, the hell could somebody like Stevie Richards have big heat for, for coming back to the company? He was, he was lower in the card. I think Bubba and Devon, especially Bubba, I think he was a little out of his fucking mind at that point because he was on top like a motherfucker. And I remember when he came there, he couldn't even cut a promo, let alone stutter. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I give him props for getting better and better in, in his business, you know, in his endeavors and all that shit. But he's still the same person he was when he first walked in the door. You know what I mean? You can't change that dramatically. You know what I'm saying? What he should do is mail a thank you card to Perry Saturn every day of his life because if the eliminators, if Cronus would have got hurt and Saturn wouldn't have left, they wouldn't have got a push. Dude, I, be- I firmly believe that. Brother, I'm going to tell you right now, three different occasions, we had the belts, and I got injured, and I had to drop, we had to drop them to the dummy because I was hurt. Like I had went through a, a, a stage, you know, everybody has it, you know, you, you have a bunch of injuries that just come upon you, man. If it wasn't my tricep, it was my bicep. It was my bicep, it was my knee. You know, it wasn't my knee, it was my neck. You know, it was like one thing after another. I mean, luckily I was able to spin the broken neck gimmick around into a huge angle. That worked great. But I don't know. How, I mean, Anthony's probably to this day still pissed. I mean, I, we had to drop the straps at least three times. And I know two of them were to the Dudley boys easily the next night because I got injured. You know what I mean? Like the night we won the straps with that number one match in 1995 against Dean Richards and Raven. Great match. Door collar match. Yep. The night before that match, I blew my tricep in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. I had worked out that day like an idiot. I slingshotted myself in for the move, hit the guy with the shoulder tackle, hit the ground. Usually I would land on my feet, but he didn't come hard at me enough, so... I had to like stretch out, hit him, and then drop down, and I would just push off my tries and lay it back on my feet. So I did that, and what it did was pop my tricep right off. 
the tendon. It just popped it, you know, because I did arms that day like a moron. I remember driving home, it was cold, and I had a big ice pack on my tricep with my left tricep. And we actually broke down that night in our car. And we pulled over on the side of the road. We were, we were fucking pissed. And here comes Paul Heyman with, with uh, Taz and Tommy Dreamer and a couple other guys from New York. And they squeezed us in and got us back to Philly. I had to get up early that Saturday morning. Before that night, we were having a, that huge show at the arena. I had to go all the way down to 76, get my car, tow it all the way home, do all that shit with a torn tricep. Okay, didn't even bother going to the hospital. Just went to the arena, taped it up that night, and worked that match with a, one arm. And turned out to be one of the best matches in 95. Oh, yeah, it's a hell of a match. I, I remember when, I think it was your partner, Pile drove Raven through the table. That table, Raven like, put him. No, Raven put him. Raven put him. That's and that table, like, crumpled on spot. I remember the minute they got up there, it was like, yeah. They well, even when I tell guys if I put them on the table and say I'm on DDT, you know, I tell them as soon as we go up, just go with me. I'm dropping right to my ass. I said just because I, I can't take that chance of that table snapping with us before we go down, because then we'll get hurt, you know, bad. So. I remember, uh, it was like a hole in it. It was just like, boom. yeah, they went right through the metal, like right through the. It went, it went. It was perfect. It was. They couldn't have found a better table for that spot because it looked so vicious. It was one. It was the first fall, first pin, you know. And then we got the other one. We put Stevie through the table, and we got the pin. And then I remember we went to Super Bomb Raven, and he hit the back of his neck. Yeah, his head just like bomb. And then that's that was brutal. And Fonzie came in, fucking Dreamer came in, Nine One One came in. I mean, that was Todd Gordon came in. There were so many. I watched it, and I said to myself, "How in the hell did I remember all these spots? Like, how did I remember all this shit?" The Dudleys came in. I mean. We super bombed every one of them, and they and they gave us our own finish. We got right up, didn't even sell it. Uh, I love that. I don't know who came up with that, but I was like, "That's fucking hot." I was like, "Good, we're gonna do that." I love. I'm like up there. I'm up there. Like, oh shit! Now I know what they feel, man. That you should see their faces, man. Back in the day, when guys would be like, "Yo, you're working the pit bulls." I mean, especially Simon Diamond and Steve Carino. Okay. We were in NWA and we had the belts in ECW, but we would be allowed to go to NWA and work a little bit. They put the US titles on us over there as well. And I remember we had to work them and they had to do the job. And these guys are getting all bent about it. I mean, I, I, I remember somebody told me they did a shoot promo for our video, and uh, Karina was bitching, saying the worst, the worst tag team they ever had to wrestle against was the Pitbulls. That's what he said. When you listen to all these other old timers, they'll tell you we're the smoothest motherfuckers out there. I'm like, what is your problem, bro? You know, I haven't even hurt you. I haven't like done anything to you for you even to talk that way. So I, I never really got along with him after that. You know, I was never a fan. I, I didn't want go to the gym once in a blue moon. <laughs> you think you're Dusty Road? You're not even heavy like Dusty. I can believe Dusty's shit because he's got his, he's got 300 pounds behind him. Yeah, you're Carino 160 what? pounds soaking wet. 
And now his son is working off of his name to get book prices. Get out, get over it. What so, I always wondered, I would always hear, and I, I'm believe me, I am not plugging RF video for all the people watching, but they used to record the fan cams. And I yeah. used to buy the fan cams. I wanted to see everything. But they'd always talk about how the Dudleys were started and almost started another riot. So they would always edit. They'd say Paul Heyman had to have them edited out for lawsuits. Your crowd seems smart enough to know that if somebody was coming out there yelling at them, they're just going to go along with it and play with it. Did they really try to incite riots where they went, or was that all just kind of blown out of proportion? Well, they were trying to get a reaction from the crowd. So they'll insult them as much as they can. That's why they were healed. I mean, I love the, the original Dudleys with Big Dick Dudley and Bubba. They were, look, I had no problem with them guys. Like I said, they worked, when they, we worked with them, they were very, very easy and very workable, okay? We never had a problem with them guys. The only time we had a problem with them was once uh, Paul Heyman told us to go out and do autographs. And they happened to be walking through the crowd while we were doing autographs, which is a no, 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 no. Especially if we're wrestling them. People would expect us to get up and attack them and beat the shit out of them. So I remember Paul Heyman told uh, Devon, well, you guys fucked up, bro. And he's like, what do you mean? And they're like, you fucking walked out there while the Pitbulls were doing autographs. You know that's a no-no. And I don't know why you did it. You fucking... Gary's going to come back and you have a fucking problem because they knew how we were. So I went up to him. I was like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? You know, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Paul told me you're going to come up to me and yell at me. And I apologize. And I didn't mean it. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's cool. You know, it's all good, brother. I said, I'm not making a big stink about it, bro. I said, we, we work together all the time. I said, I have no problem. Especially I'm not going to argue over something stupid. I said, but just don't let it happen again. You know, and then if they let it happen again, then they would, you know, feel the lash. You know, but toward the end of ECW, man, it just seemed like some of the guys were getting aggravated with each other. You know, like one night, uh, the Dullies would be against the gangsters and the gangsters would bring a dildo to the ring and Bubba would get all offended and shit and pissed off and come back in the locker room being all mad and wanting to fight everybody and at that point, he was helping Todd. He was helping Paul Heyman find building for us to work at. You know, that's that's how Bubba got his foot in the door deep with ECW because he became one of the guys that would go out and find buildings. And he was smart that he did that, and that gave him a little bit of more upstanding, you know, in the company. You know, so Paul, you know, would, I mean, of course, the nights that we were at those buildings, they were main events. You know, which I didn't care. I mean, I was, I'd rather get done early and be yeah. ready. You know, I'll be honest with you. I really never wanted to be main event if we didn't have to. I mean, I never wanted to be heavyweight champion when I was going against Shane. I mean, that wasn't the plan. I was already television champ, so I didn't have to win that belt again. And I didn't never wanted to be heavyweight champion. I never wanted that stress and that, you know, have that. It's a lot of stress, man, to have that strap and, and you know, we were always tag champions wherever me and my partner went. I don't care where we were. We, we always won the belt. Always. But being a singles and being the heavyweight champ, to me, that was a lot of work. You I know? thought Shane did a good job because he had that belt probably more than anyone long time period. 
I thought he was a great heavyweight champion. I thought Sandman was good. Yeah. Raven was good. Once he broke my neck, that's when Shane got over like fucking Rover as a heel. I mean, it was like people were jumping the guardrail to try to kill him. That's white heat, you know, in our business. That's like awesome. I mean, that's me. That means we had that crowd. We had them and they believed everything we fucking did, you know, and it was awesome. I mean, I know, I know we'll never forget that night how we planned that and set that up and it worked great. I didn't like when Funk won the title at the pay per view. That was, uh, yeah, he first, he, and he was 60 years old then. Like, I Still get doing you know, the feel good moment, and, and like, I understood what the, what, what Heyman was going for, but I mean, what he dropped it a month later to Sabu, but it was kind of like eh, everybody knew going, this was the one time going in, you knew. But the thing, let me ask you yeah. that. that I, I know I didn't like like was um, they had the banquet for Funk the night before the big. Uh, yeah, I remember that. And yeah. I bought the I bought the, the VHS tape so I could watch. I remember New Jack cut a 55 minute fucking promo, but Raven was the only guy that wasn't there. And I guess Heyman was like, well, I don't want you there because you're going up against him tomorrow night. That would look stupid. But yet all the other heels were there. Uh, that I, I didn't understand the logic in that. I listen. I, I'm sitting here now, and I didn't even realize Raven wasn't there because I was working on still selling my gimmick because they did. I was ready to come back. I mean, I was ready to do the pay per view against Shane that night. I was ready, bro. You don't even know, but that's not what they wanted. So they wanted it their way. So yeah, I didn't know what that was about, especially wrestling twice. Didn't he wrestle have to wrestle two times or something? Funk, yeah, he had the three-way match that he went over, and then yeah, then Raven came down, and because Raven did that drop toe hold on the chair and split him hard. I mean, because he was pouring a lot of blood in that toward the end of that, and it was quick, but for me, barely five minutes, I think, with everybody running in and their grandma. But it was, I think, Paul was trying to be very respectful to Funker, you know, because he gave us that rub to get to that pay per view, you know. So that's what I think it was about, you know. Believe me, Sabu. I mean, Taz wanted to be main. Well, I think he was main event against Sabu, right? They were like the co-main event. And the match, I remember, like, I didn't hate the match, but I knew when you have a three-year buildup, it's not going to live up to it. Yeah. And I give them credit. They did the double turn where, you know, Sabu turns heel, Taz turns face, Fonzie bets against him and everything. And But the match itself, the, the styles, I don't think ever really meshed well together. Yeah, yeah like I said, but look, they built that up for three years. Okay. So at least it had your attention. Oh, yeah. Had your, we had your sack for three years waiting on that match. So you did watch it. You know, that's all that, that's all that matters. That was the shirt with them facing off each other. Yes. I have yeah. that shirt somewhere. I did. I had a lot of ECW shirts. I sold a lot of them, which is really stupid because I could have sold them for quadruple the money if I would have held on to them a little Dude, bit. I find a bunch of them around here. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to sell this. My girl's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm like, I got my jackets in there. No, you're not. Oh, you got the yeah. jacket, the uh, the varsity I got jacket? the original. I got, dude, I got a jacket from ICP, right? When I was bodyguarding them guys, they gave me a beautiful, beautiful jacket. But I have the original ECW one. I believe me, I got people calling me up from all over the place. They want to buy it. I'm not selling it, man. Yeah, I think Damien. Got to give me a lot of money or he, I think Damian Kane either sold his or he's trying to sell it. Oh yeah, he'll still sell it. But 
mine means I have a lot of memories of my jacket. So, I mean, I got a lot of Roberta's jackets too I, from Japan. I got my first jacket. I may be bringing December 18th in Philadelphia. I may be bringing my first Roberta's jacket and my first from my first tour in Japan. And that's with Yokozuna, Vader, Bam Bam, Brian, the Killer Bees were with us. All them fucking guys. Uh, and I got a picture of me, myself in front of the Tokyo Palace with those guys with that jacket on. So I'm debating on selling that jacket or not. I'm, I've been talking about it. My girl's like, nah, man. They got to earn it. And I'm like, I understand. I said, but I'm going to autograph it. So they can't say they went there to Japan and earned it because they didn't. They bought it from me. <laughs> now, you mentioned that before we go. What are you doing on the 18th? Where are you going to be? I will be in Philadelphia at the original ECW arena, home of the ECW, home of the hardcore Hall of Fame, which I'm in. I'm in the rafters up there, so it's going to be great with Ric Flair's coming, Sting's coming. It's going to be a, it's going to be a party, man. <laughs> We're think, there until three. I think we covered. I, I won't be in attendance. I was not invited. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to see, uh, and Todd's going to be there. Yeah, I think we're all going to be in like the same area. They're putting all the ECW crew in one area this time. We're going to be separated a little bit. I'm curious, is Dreamer going to be there? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. I would have thought he would be. Because Dreamer got, you know, he, after that dark side of the ring, he got canceled and he hasn't. I know. Like, I don't. I haven't seen yet. anything with him on it. I haven't either. Gonna be, yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of people going to be there. I mean, it's 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 a fucking, it's a it's a jam packed show. I mean, no bullshit. Francine so, is there. I think she was there last time. I don't think she's there this time. I think Kimono Wanalei will be there this time. Fonzie, I'm assuming. I'm not. No, I don't think Fonzie. He was there last time. Hack will be there though, right? Yeah, Hack will be there because he's right down the street. He'll just come and hang out. Now, the next day, we're going to be in Allentown, Pennsylvania for another huge Christmas autograph signing. And a lot of ECW guys are going to be at that one as well. Going to have Raven there? Yes, I mean, Raven's going to be there. I think uh, Shane Douglas, Two Gold Scorpio, Pitbull, Sandman, of course. Uh, There's a lot of guys that are going to be that one, too. More at the I emailed Raven. Tell him to answer me. I'm looking for a comic book. I offered him to buy it from him, but he had a, he, he did write. There's another, uh, there's another show on the YouTube called the juice pro wrestling podcast. I do. I do watch them. Uh, they were, they were asking me like, Hey, how do I get a hold of Raven? And I was like, Twitter. And they're like, well, how, how'd you interview him? I was like, just asked. He seemed to kind of like me. So we did it. I guess he quoted them like an exuberant amount of money for like a 40 minute interview. It's like, I think that's saying he doesn't want to talk yeah, to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is uh that's like Rob Van, like Rob, you know, he's the same way. If you don't want to work, then you know, he'll tell you, all right, fifteen thousand, I'll come in. You know. He told I our local that. That. I can't afford that, you know. You know, I can't afford that. Well then I'm staying home, you know. He'd rather stay home. I don't blame him. Yeah, our local tried to book Rob Van Dam, and I remember the guy was like, "Yeah, he wanted twenty five thousand dollars." Like, no, he didn't want to come here. There's a big difference. <laughs> yes, he really didn't want to go there. If he yeah, twenty five grand. That sucks because I've never seen him live. Even I, I, he never when he was in WWE did he come here. And ECW was supposed to come here, but they 
it folded beforehand, which I always kind of question was like, why is ECW coming here? They're not even on TV. Why stay in the East Coast and I'll still be watching you for at least another 10 years? Yeah. Yeah. But the 18 is going to be special for me. They're actually starting my documentary, uh, Secrets of the Pitbulls tag team. Uh, I'm really uh, excited about that because uh, we started that building and I wanted to get that building in, you know what I mean? Like in the shot. It's, it was very important to me to get my partner name up in rafters. You know what I mean? I wanted to make sure that we got that shot and uh, very happy. So we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Hopefully my boy that's doing it will be able to talk to Ric Flair and maybe get a quote from Flair about us. That would be nice. I, I like, I remember Flair buying kamikazes when I was a kid at the, Dude, I used to double, hang out. double tree here. So yeah, I'd have to tell them. I'd be like, Rick, I love you, baby, but I gotta go, man. I gotta get my six hours. I have to get six hours back in the day. And I was young, but I still needed at least six hours because I knew I had to get up, work out at Steamboat's gym. Then on the way home, I had to stop and get Bush beer for for <laughs> for uh, what was it uh, the stud Robert Fuller and uh, Maniac Matt Bourne. So, and the Nasty Boys, which I, they were our boys back then. We, same level, you know, they just started out like we did. And, you know, we, we turned the, you know, we turned Vince down and went to, you know, New Japan. They went, they took our spot and went right away to Vince, you know. Then they went to WCW, I think. I don't know. They had a good run with Vince. I mean, we had great matches with the Nasty Boys. I mean, we, we would, you know, we would have a good time, you know, don't get me wrong, but. Sometimes they would rib a little too far. That's when we get mean, you know. And my partner, he would he would just pick you up and slam you on your head. He don't care, you know. That's how he did it. You know, you push his buttons the wrong way, he'll he'll slam you on your face, man. And he did that to them. I just remember hearing knobs go, "Oh, what the fuck!" And then Brian, Brian, same thing. The the other guy the same way, man. He was just like, "Oh shit!" And I'm like, "Man, we're gonna be fighting after this." Yeah, I just know it. But it didn't turn out that bad. It was, we didn't have a flight or nothing like that. It was just like, look, you know, they put Icy Hot in our trunks and... Fuck that. Dude, I'm, not, I'm telling you, man, my balls were on fire, brother. I'm telling you, 10 minutes in the match, I'm looking at them going, you motherfuckers, I'm going to kill you, man. You have no idea. The ribs coming back to you, man. I heard they were actually tough guys. Yeah, they were. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We beat the shit out of them some nights, dude. I'm not kidding. We beat the shit out of them and they took it you know they took it because they'd break me they'd be by the pool you know and they start breaking our balls you know and anthony would get mad and i'm like man just blow it off they're just trying to just trying to push our buttons you know because they say oh what you got gangsters gangster mafias i'm like you better shut the fuck up dude i said i'm gonna bury you in north carolina <laughs> never find your body they beat the <laughs> shit out of ken shamrock i heard they, I heard they, they fucked him up bad. Dude, we saved his life. And he was a tough guy. I yeah, would, when, I he's drunk, so... when he's drunk, oh, he's just like any other guy. You know yeah. what I mean? He was intoxicated, dude. He called us. He called our room up. I answered the phone. And I, I'm like, what's up, Kenny? He's like, where the fuck are the nasty boys? I said, they're down the, ho- down the hall. You know, we were outside. You know, we were outside the gimmick. And you look down and they would have weddings by the pool and all this shit. It was a nice hotel. And like later on, we got an apartment instead. We didn't want to stay at the hotel. You know, I mean, we got an apartment for $485 a month. It was great. 
with a pool, tanning bed. We had nothing in the apartment, but we had two bedrooms, two bathrooms. It was cool as fuck, man. You know, I'd rather do that than stay in a hotel. You know, at least we, we went shopping every week and we spent 300 bucks in food and mostly pasta. What else are we going to eat? You know what I mean? We, yeah. And then, like I said, Kenny, like I said, he came up. All I heard, I told him, I said, go down the hallway. And I, all I heard was boom, you know, and then knocking on my door, pounding on my door. Actually, it was the security guard. He's like, you got to help me, man. It's a little black guy, like this big, like three, he like had to be four foot five. I'm like, what? He goes, man, they're killing this guy. I'm like, what? So we, Anthony got up, I got up, we ran that, we ran down the, you know, outside the hallway. I'm like, oh shit. And there's fucking uh, one of the nasty boys, and they had uh, Kenny's leg, and they were dragging him outside. He was ready to throw him off the, the, the railing, man. He would have been, that was a four foot. Well, figure four floors, one concrete. He would have not never lived. Wouldn't have made it because he was out cold. He was already knocked the fuck out. Because uh, afterwards, I found out what happened was he came in the room. Uh, Brian was sitting. Nobs was uh, was sitting on the bed. He clipped Nobs. Nobs was already out anyway. He just fell back, and the other nasty was on the phone with his girl. And back then we had those old beige, brownish rotary phones that were in hotels. You remember those big fuckers? Yeah. They're metal at the bottom. Well, he had that phone that, you know, he, he got that phone put in his fist and he nailed Kenny right in the face with it. So he broke his orbital bone where his eye is, shattered it. He fell into the seat and then he just got on top of him and started laying him in and beat the fuck out of Kenny. But Kenny was drunk. He couldn't fight. Yeah. And then he hooked his leg and he was going to throw him over the rail. We had to tackle him. Like as soon as we busted the door open, we ran, both of us ran in and we just tackled Sag and got him to the ground. And said, no, 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 no. Nobody's dying tonight, dude. There's no fucking way we're going to be here and somebody's going to die. Because I heard other guys were up there earlier, but they took off. You know, we were like, we were right down the hall. We had to do something. And we weren't going to let somebody die on our watch anyway. It wasn't going to happen unless we were doing the killing. You know, that's how I look at it. So, but yeah, we I, we saved his ass, and uh, I remember talking to his dad, and uh, we went and seen him in the hospital. He was in the hospital for three, four weeks, easily. Jesus. This is bad. It could have been where he could have lost his eye, very, very close from losing eyesight, and that would have ruined his career. So, so Ken won't be there on the 18th. I take it at the. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, plus, Nobs, I think he's still in the uh, hospital, still recovering. Yeah. I hit him up. I talk to him every once in a while. He's doing good. You know, I stay in touch. We go oh. way back. You got to remember, I go way back with the nasty boys. Tell Ric Flair I said hi. Yeah, I hope I can get, I hope I could get near him to talk to him. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's really crazy, dude. You know what I mean? But if we make eye contact, that's a different story. He'll come up to me. That's so how thanks. Next week, we've got our Christmas show, so you're going to have to tell us all about everything that happened there that you can share on the air that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're finishing the, we're finishing the women's, whole, uh, women's uh, wrestling documentary also. So there's like one or two more interviews. That's all we need. Uh, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I've actually got to get all my gimmicks together tomorrow when I'm bringing, you know. So also check it out. We're, I think we're going to... If you check out Brandon's Wrestling Oddities, look him up. 
because he's the one bringing me in. We're also, we're also going to be doing a, uh, a virtual signing right after that night. You know, that night. Uh, also, uh, I got uh, Justin Incredible will be at our table. Devin Moore will be at our table. Another guy from Combat Zone, uh, I forget his name, he just won the deathmatch strap. I forget, I don't know his name though. He's Blown, Raver. I think Raver, I think his name is. G Raver or something like that. Something like that. I'm trying to think of the deathmatch guys. G Raver, uh, Alex. He just, won, he, he just won one of the straps for that. Hmm. He does a lot of Gage, is it? No. Not, not Gage. Oh, I haven't seen Gage in a while. Yeah, I'd remember if it was him, but it's not him. But uh, he seems like a nice dude. He'll be there. Uh, yeah, so we'll be right next to Todd Gordon and them guys at the table. So when you guys come down, just check us out. We'll be pretty cool. Remember, I won't be there. Don't <laughs> let that stop you from going. Just say hi to Todd. Uh, say hi to Sam. Tell Sam, man, I really want to talk to him about when he was Jim in WCW. I talked to him about Jim for hours, but uh, I guess <laughs> he'd, that, probably, he'd enjoy that knowing Hack. I, I would love to meet Hack, but uh, the pandemic. But yeah, we've got uh, got this, and then uh, next week the Christmas episode. We'll talk all about that. I don't really have anything left to ask you this week. I'm good, brother. And then I guess we'll just see everybody next week. Yeah, man. Happy holidays, everybody. Be careful out there. I mean, I've been seeing a lot of accidents around here, man. These snowbirds go back up north. Yes. Go back home. <laughs> you can't drive in Florida. You have no clue what you're doing. No. So next week's the big Christmas show. So we will see you guys next week. Next week, man. All right, guys. Take it easy. Peace.